electronic health records and polygenic risk scores for predicting disease risk. A review by Ru Wang Li, Jason Moore and others. From University of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, USA. Nature Reviews, 2020. Abstract. Accurate prediction of disease risk based on the genetic makeup of an individual is essential for effective prevention and personalized treatment. Nevertheless, to date, individual genetic variants from genome-wide association studies have achieved only moderate prediction of disease risk. The aggregation of genetic variants and a polygenic model shows promising improvements in prediction accuracies. Increasingly, electronic health records, EHR, are being linked to patient genetic data by biobanks, which provides new opportunities for developing and applying polygenetic risk scores in the clinic. To systematically examine and evaluate patient susceptibilities to disease. However, the heterogeneous nature of electronic health records data brings forth many practical challenges along every step of designing and implementing risk prediction strategies. In this review, we present the unique considerations for using genotype and phenotype data from biobank linked electronic health records for polygenic risk prediction. Healthcare has long pursued an understanding of the personal risk factors that contribute to disease onset. Accurate estimation of disease risk can not only improve our understanding of the associated factors underlying disease development, but also provide early warnings for patients at increased risk of developing certain diseases. This knowledge could help guide clinical decisions, such as prescribing pre-impetitive lifestyle changes or therapies for those at greater risk of disease. For a long time, epidemiologic studies have served as a means to establish links between individuals, demographics, lifestyles and environmental exposures and their disease risks. For example, the pooled cause equation estimates the 10-year risk of coronary heart disease using an individual's age, sex, race, total and high-density lipoprotein cholesterol levels, smoking status, diabetes mellitus status, systolic blood pressure level, and hypertension therapy status. Genetic risk profiling, the identification of high-risk individuals based on analysis of genetic variations statistically associated with disease, was initially focused predominantly on estimating disease risk for familiar diseases, notably breast and ovarian cancer, and Mendelian disorders such as cystic fibrosis. Mutations in BRCA1 and BRCA2 are strong genetic factors that determine the risk of developing breast and ovarian cancer in women by the age of 70 years. Similarly, polymorphism in the CFTR gene sequence are highly predictive of cystic fibrosis. Over the past two decades, the investigation of genetic variation underlying disease susceptibility has increased considerably. Most notably, genome-wide association studies GWAS, have investigated tens of millions of single nucleotide polymorphisms SMPs, for associations with complex diseases. However, results from numerous GWAS have revealed that the majority of statistically significantly associated genetic variants have a small effect and may not be protective on disease risk, and many diseases associated with tens of thousands of genetic variants. These findings have led to the resurgence of the Polygenic Risk Score, PRS, an aggregate measure of many genetic variants, that is, risk factors, weighted by the individual effects on a given phenotype. 
Orthodisease risk prediction using APRS is at an early stage. It is starting to be applied to many common diseases. For example, the Psychiatric Genomics Consortium has led efforts for many early PRS-related research studies, and PRS have been significantly associated with the risk of schizophrenia, antipsychotic drug treatment, and psychotic experiences in adolescents. These studies and other demonstrate the potential of assessing disease risk using APRS in population-based studies. However, epidemiologic studies are expensive and complex to run, which raises the question of whether a polygenetic risk score could be developed and applied in a clinical setting using genetic data that are more readily available. Electronic health records EHRs have been adopted worldwide to improve health outcomes by enhancing the delivery, efficiency, quality and safety of healthcare while safeguarding the privacy of patients. The aim of electronic health records is to reduce health disparities and the cost of healthcare, engage patients in the healthcare process and improve public health. A growing number of EHR systems are linking clinical records of patients with their genetic data obtained by DNA genotyping and sequencing biospecimens, such as blood or tissue samples, and deposited in biobanks. Some of these efforts include, among others, Biobank Japan, the National Biobank of Korea, China Koduri Biobank, FinGene, the Precision Medicine Initiative, and the UK Biobank Project. This rich sets of data, which match patient phenotypes with genotypes, provide a prime opportunity to evaluate genetic risk for various phenotypes simultaneously. However, whether EHR data can be used to answer questions of risk prediction has not been fully answered, despite the fact these data are currently being used to conduct population-based studies. In this review, we present new opportunities for developing and implementing PRS predictions using biobank-linked EHR data, giving the heterogeneous nature and complexity of electronic health records data. We provide our perspectives on some of the unique challenges in developing PRS predictions using EHR data. We conclude by outlining the needed steps to improve the confidence and utility of PRS predictions for susceptibility to common diseases through the use of electronic health records linked biobanks. For details on the development and utility of a PRS in disease risk prediction, we refer readers to other recent reviews. Constructing a PRS from EHR. For a specific trait or disease, the construction of a polygenic risk score is separated into two stages. In the discovery stage, genetic associations are obtained from large-scale GWAS. Statistically, the larger GWAS sample size enables more precise estimation of genetic associations. In the construction stage, a PRS is generated in an independent and generally smaller sized target population using the GWAS summary statistics, which include the measured effect size and the associated p-value for each SMP. For a given phenotype, a polygenic risk score is constructed as the sum of multiple SNMPs, alleles weighted by their effect sizes. Yet many decisions made during the calculation, such as the SNMP ranking method, selection threshold and linkage disequilibrium adjustments, can affect the final PRS. Thus, there can be multiple versions of PRSs for one disease. If patients of one biobank-linked EHR system are the target population, a polygenic risk score for those patients 
can be constructed for a particular trade using external GWAS summary statistics for the same trade. However, only a small percentage of phenotypes in electronic health records have corresponding external GWAS summary statistics. Moreover, some electronic health record systems, such as the UK Biobank, which holds genetic and phenotypes data for approximately 500,000 individuals, reveal the code size of some GWAS. For such electronic health record systems, it is feasible and can be advantageous to calculate PRSs using their own patient's data, that is, genotype data for a subset of patients. The training set can be used to obtain summary statistics of genetic associations for a given phenotype, which can then be used to construct a polygenic risk score for the rest of the patients in the same electronic health record system. Efforts are already underway to use biobank-linked EHR data to construct polygenic risk score. For example, two studies evaluated polygenic risk scores for multiple cancers using the Michigan Genomics Initiative's EHR. The UK Biobank has also been used to carry out various polygenic risk scores, studies in the psychiatric disorders and cancer. Recently, a polygenic risk score was used to identify a proportion of the study population with risk equal to monogenic mutations for coronary artery disease, arterial fibrillation, type 2 diabetes mellitus, inflammatory bowel disease, breast cancer, and obesity. These studies demonstrate that the predictability of a PRS can reach the threshold of clinical significance. Electronic health records phenotypes for a polygenic risk score. Electronic health records provide a much wider array of phenotypes compared with traditional population-based studies. Electronic health records includes all disease diagnosed for each patient who has been in a healthcare system as well as the laboratory test, imaging and diagnostic measures. This rich set of clinical data can be used to better define disease or as endophenotypes in addition to using phenotype information to identify cases of disease and or endophenotypes, electronic health records can be used to develop refined control definitions, that is, health controls, patients who have no evidence of disease in their electronic health records can be readily identified. In contrast to traditional population-based studies, which define the variables to be collected before study enrollment and generally rely on an individual self-reporting to identify controls, electronic health record systems enable researchers to select the variables they need from the available data. When creating disease phenotype definitions to extract data from electronic health records, there are several strategies that can be employed. Many of these strategies have been used with clinical data from electronic health records for many years. However, the ability to assign appropriate disease phenotype definitions varies considerably from one trade to another. ICD codes International classification of diseases codes have been the primary source of clinical data used to extract phenotypes from electronic health records. In the simplest cases, the number of occurrences of a particular ICD code is used to define the case and control status. However, multiple international classification of diseases codes can be used to record the same diagnosis. Hence, different healthcare systems may have different coding practices which can make combining or comparing electronic health records data across healthcare systems challenging. Although ICD codes are convenient to use, the codes themselves are suboptimal to define diseases.
as the presence of ICD codes primarily indicates billing has occurred rather than through disease diagnosis. Interacting diagnostic codes with clinical laboratory measurements, medications and clinical notes electronic phenotype algorithms can increase phenotype sensitivity and specificity. Clinical notes Detailed information about patients is often present in the notes taken by clinicians. These notes can be processed manually or using natural language processing and turned into structured data that can be mined to help define phenotypes such as disease status for high throughput phenotyping. The patient information captured in clinical notes is likely to be greater than that in a traditional population-based studies, as capturing these measures in a population-based study would be expensive and time-consuming. Nevertheless, extracting valuable information from electronic health records for risk prediction remains challenging. Electronic health records data are limited to inputs generated during clinical visits. Thus, patient records contain different inputs, with sicker patients having more detailed clinical records than healthier patients. In addition, for many patients, electronic health records records are extremely sparse and irregularly spaced. For example, in the 670,000 individual Geisinger Health System EHR, only 20 out of 143 clinical variables had less than 25% missing data, more than 110 variables had more than 90% missing data. Additionally, EHRs can only capture medications prescribed by clinicians. Whether patients adhere to taking medication as prescribed is not captured. Phenotyping algorithms Complex disease phenotypes such as T2DM or cataracts can be extracted using electronic phenotyping algorithms. These algorithms can include structured data such as ICD codes, clinical procedural terminology codes, vital signs, clinical laboratory measurements and medications in addition to unstructured data from clinical nodes processed through natural language processing. For example, using a semi-supervised approach, a recent study included more than 20,000 structured and unstructured variables to infer EHR phenotypes. Over 53 such algorithms can utilize combinations of clinical variables to extract phenotypes have been created and deposited in the public repository Phenotype Knowledge Base, which maintains the pseudocode to implement these electronic algorithms across different EHRs. Phenotype defined by these algorithms have been successfully used for GWAS. For example, the Electronic Medical Records and Genomics eEmerge Network in the United States conducted GWAS on resistant hypertension and white blood cell count. Using an electronic phenotyping algorithms, members of the Kaiser Permanente EHR were used to identify genetic associations of intraocular pressure and cardiovascular disease and mental disorder phenotypes. From the Penn Medicine Biobank have been studied for potential pleiotropic relationships. These algorithms have been demonstrated to have high positive predictive value and are portable across different healthcare organizations. One great strength of these phenotype algorithms is that they can be implemented in epidemiologic survey databases such as the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey NHANES and atherosclerosis risk in communities ARIC, as well as population registers such as UK Biobank and Decode. This enables the replication or validation of a PRS in population based court studies. 
In addition, the adoption of phenotype ontologies and or standardized vocabularies, such as the Human Phenotype Ontology, Systemized Nomenclature of Medicine, Clinical Terms, SNOMED, CT and LOINC, Logical Observation Identifies Names and Codes, can assist in the mapping of complex data elements collected in diverse electronic health records and patient registers into more complete structured phenotype definitions. However, these algorithms also contain significant heterogeneity. For example, there are multiple definitions of health failure defined by different algorithms. In addition, how algorithms deal with the age-dependent nature of many phenotypes can vary. Errors in classifying a phenotype can affect phenotype accuracy, which in turn can bias genetic associations and decrease the prediction accuracy of PRSs. In addition, how algorithms deal with missing data in electronic health records, for example, case deletion versus imputation is an important consideration. Machine learning Recently, machine learning strategies have been applied in addition to rule-based phenotyping algorithms to improve the derivation of phenotypes that model ICD codes and other clinical variables. These machine learning approaches are emerging as a valuable alternative approach to derive electronic health records phenotypes. For example, a recent study evaluated multiple machine learning methods. K nearest neighbor, decision tree, random forest, support vector machine, and naive bias. To mine electronic health records for cases of T2DM. An alternative machine learning method, lassologistic regression, was adopted to identify cases of atopic dermatitis. Yet another example is the use of random forest and decision three methods to identify cases of rheumatoid arthritis. Support vector machines have also been used to identify phenotype status for rheumatoid arthritis. The use of machine learning is expected to continue to emerge as a powerful strategy for mining electronic health records more comprehensively and gaining maximal potential from this rich phenotypic resource in the coming years. Electronic health records based course studies. In addition to the large number of phenotypes, the speed with which electronic health record based research studies can be completed is an important advantage. Once a phenotype is defined, a traditional population based code study acquires active recruitment of study participants. Phenotyping and biospacement collection and genotyping or sequencing of the genetic materials, which can take years from start to finish. In electronic health records, based studies, identification of a code to be studied can take a few days or a few weeks, depending on the personnel and software infrastructure that are available and their accessibility. This process can also depend on the search terms being used to identify the disease codes. Some electronic health records have a established data warehouse with user-friendly search capability that make it easy to identify a code, whereas other EHRs have this search capability as well as search tools developed by the EHR vendor. Code identification usually happens with the user blinded to personal health information data. Once a code is identified, the next step is to request the data. This step usually involves providing a list of fields to personnel who can access and retrieve the data securely. These data can be cleaned and analyzed. The presence of a biobank, a user-friendly data warehouse and infrastructure for the secure handling of data can greatly reduce the time needed to go from research question to results. Thus, an AHR-based study can be completed in a matter of months 
assuming the appropriate institutional review board approvals have been obtained. Although the creation of biobank requires a similar level of effort to that of court studies as well as comparable timelines for generating the genetic data to link to the EHR, it is the longitudinal nature of data collection in the EHR where time and cost efficiencies emerge. Once genetic data have been generated, an EHR-based study can be more efficient than traditional court studies because researchers do not pay for the follow-up of research participants. Instead, data are routinely collected for thousands of patients' phenotypes at no extra cost to the researcher or funding agencies and the data are widely accessible to researchers within the institution. This provides an economy of scale that cannot be matched in a typical research study. An example, realization of this approach is the eEmerge network, which is using a genotype data from patient participants and carrying out association studies using phenotypes derived from EHRs. Moreover, incorporating patient trajectories into research studies makes it possible to ask temporal questions. For example, a recent study from BioVU at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, which comprised of 100,000 participants, found that including longitudinal physical and laboratory measures with genetic data improved the prediction of cardiovascular disease events over the prediction models used in clinical practice. Such studies can be completed using an EHR without the need for new data collection. Validation of an electronic health record-based polygenic risk score. As polygenic risk scores can be biased by multiple ways, proper validation to evaluate precision is important. The current practice for evaluating the generalizability of GWAS PRSs is to perform validation in independent GWS datasets. However, these codes may not match the patient characteristics of the initial code. Thus, when polygenic risk codes do not show strong concordance in distinct datasets, it is difficult to pinpoint why. A key advantage of electronic health records derived patient populations is that they are more representative of local healthcare system populations. Thus, a polygenic risk score generated using electronic health records linked genetic data can generalize better to its patient population, assuming the population is stable. Nevertheless, electronic health records generated polygenic risk scores need to also be evaluated for validity and generalizability. Electronic health records generated polygenic risk scores can be continuously evaluated on new patients. When a polygenic risk scores prediction does not agree with a patient diagnosis, the patient's clinical record can provide additional information such as medical history, diagnosis and medication history. This enables clinicians and domain experts to manually review records to further validate predictions from polygenic risk scores. Here, the validation of polygenic risk scores is not only affected by the true underlying genetic associations, but also by factors that affect the reproducibility of research findings in electronic health record data. Thus, replication of polygenic risk scores within and across electronic health records is critical for understanding the reproducibility and robustness of the construction of polygenic risk scores. Replication within electronic health record systems Replication and reproducibility of polygenic risk predictions can be addressed using electronic health records data. As a new patients are added each year, which makes it easier and less expensive to identify replication codes. 
However, applying an electronic health record generated polygenic risk score to the record's own patients may cause a fitting of the polygenic risk score if not properly controlled. In addition, electronic health record patient populations may exhibit large degrees of population stratification due to the ancestry diversity of the patients who use the healthcare system. One study identified 565,000 families with a mix of ancestries from 1,890,000 patients in the Columbia University, Mount Sinai and Whaley Corner electronic health records. Using independent GWAS data, it has been shown that failure to control for population stratification can lead to bias estimation of polygenic risk scores. To avoid overfitting electronic health records, patients who were used to generate PRS training samples need to be independent of patients who use the PRS testing samples. Several measures can be implemented to achieve this independence. Polygenic risk scores can be generated using freezes of electronic health records data at fixed time points. Once the polygenic risk scores are generated, they will not be updated until the next data freeze. This ensures that future patients do not contribute to the generation of polygenic risk scores. Alternatively, cross-validation where different partitions of the data used for training and testing can be used to separate training and testing samples for a PRS. Under this approach, a percentage of the total patients are used to generate the polygenic risk score, and the resulting polygenic risk score is applied to the rest of the patients. Although the training and testing approach does not eliminate biases of PRS, any potential biases due to, for example, population structure, phenotype imprecision, and co-founding covieties will be consistent between patients who were used to generate PRS and patients who utilized the PRS for risk assessment. Further studies are needed to compare PRS generated from external GWAS summary statistics versus those generated from part of an electronic health records own patient population to understand and control for these electronic health records specific polygenic risk score biases. Replication across other electronic health record systems. Electronic health record data can be mapped to common data models such as the Observational Medical Outcomes Partnership or MOP, standardized vocabulary. Mapping electronic health record data to the OMOP enables the comparison of analytical results across healthcare systems because there is confidence that the data being mapped to the same clinical concepts. For example, the Observational Health Data Sciences and Informatics or HDSI initiative includes dozens of sites from around the world that have agreed to adopt the OMOP standard for EHR data. This enables aggregation of research results to improve both power using statistical methods such as the one-shot distributed algorithm or DLL for logistic regression and reproducibility by assessing the replication of results across different electronic health records. As more EHRs with linked genetic data become available, polygenic risk scores generated from electronic health records can be evaluated in future patients or in different electronic health records, potentially with different demographic compositions. To accomplish this, both electronic health records infrastructures that can accommodate genetic data or genetic risk factors and quantitative metrics that can properly evaluate PRS replication need to be developed, preferably in parallel. Replication of 
polygenic risk scores have already been shown to be influenced by uncontrolled population structure. In electronic health records, there are potentially more complex and often unobserved co-founding factors that need to be evaluated in the context of polygenic risk scores. Integrating data. Data integration is becoming increasingly common for genetic studies with more collaborative consortia, such as the eMERGE Network and the NIH All of Us initiative. Proper integration of data across sites requires consistent phenotype definitions and quiet control procedures. One approach to ensure consistency is through the use of common data models that harmonize inputs from different electronic health records. The exploring and understanding adverse drug reactions by integrative mining of clinical records and biomedical knowledge project utilize common data models to combine data from multiple European electronic health records to monitor drug safety. Similarly, common data models have been applied to electronic health records from Asia, Canada, the United States and Europe for pharmacoepidemiology studies. Integrating data across sites can potentially accelerate knowledge discovery and enhance the generalizability of research findings. For polygenic risk scores of race disease, integrating data from different electronic health records enables larger pool sample sizes and need statistical power to identify genetic risk factors that cannot be revealed by a single study. In some situations, directly pooling patient-level genetic data and electronic health record data across sites is not feasible due to logistic reactions and patient privacy concerns. In this context, there are multiple strategies in a meta-analytic form that can construct polygenic risk scores based on summary statistics. However, for rare diseases, integration methods based on summary statistics are limited as pooled estimates can be biased. Alternatively, distributed capturing algorithms which decompose a unified computational task into tasks can be carried out within each site without sharing patient-level data can be considered. Risk estimation beyond a polygenic risk score. Genetics is merely one contributing factor to disease susceptibility. Furthermore, a PRS only captures a portion of total genetic heritability. Thus, PRSs alone can be used to evaluate the relative risk of diseases. The area under the curve AUC and the coefficient of determination R to the power of 2 are the most common metrics for evaluating PRS prediction of binary and continuous phenotypes respectively. However, there are several other currency metrics, such as positive and negative predictive values, the F1 score, Hosmer Lamenshaw goodness of fit, and Breyer score, the odds ratio and root mean squared errors that can be used to evaluate the performance of a PRS. No one metric can capture the entire discrimination, calibration, prediction, accuracy and risk stratification properties of a polygenic risk score. For example, a study has shown that PRS are the most informative for patients in the top percentile of the PRS distribution, the top 8, 6.1, 3.5, 3.2 and 1.5 percentile of APRS had a more than threefold increased risk of coronary artery disease, atrial fibrillation, T2DM, inflammatory bowel disease, and breast cancer, respectively. The commonly used area under the curve would not capture the enrichment of high risk patients in the top percentile of the PRS. To evaluate absolute risk. Much more patient information is needed. 
including age-dependent disease prevalence, environmental exposure, and family history. Thus, polygenic risk scores should be modelled as just one of the factors that contribute to disease risk. For example, the eye care package jointly models multiple data sources that provide relative risks, risk factor distributions, and age-dependent disease prevalence through the COX proportional hazard model to obtain absolute risk. Genetic data in the form of individual SNPs or a polygenic risk score can be modelled as one of the risk factors in eye care similar to other risk factors. GWAS data can have multiple elements that are necessary pieces of information to evaluate absolute disease risk. GWAS data generally contain patient demographic variables and a selected number of environmental and lifestyle variables. Both GWAS and genetic-linked electronic health records data include genetic risk factors in the form of individual SNPs or polygenic risk scores. But an electronic health record cannot contain additional information on the patient's clinical history, family history and medications, more detailed environmental exposures and self-reported lifestyle variables. The additional information in electronic health records allows the estimated disease risk to better approximate the absolute risk. One of the key components in estimating the absolute disease risk is to have an accurate estimate of baseline risk, which is proportional to disease prevalence. Electronic health records data can provide a better estimate of the baseline risk compared with national survey or epidemiologic data because the electronic health record patient composition can deviate from national averages due to local demographics, healthcare specialities and other factors that correlate with recorded clinical visits. The baseline risk can be incorporated into the polygenic risk score prediction model to better predict the disease risk of a biased patient population. Conclusions and further directions. The utility of the polygenic risk scores developed using GWAS data has been extensively demonstrated for many common diseases. By contrast, reproposing electronic health records with linked genetic data for PRS prediction is still at early stages. In this review, we have discussed several advantages of using electronic health records data for developing a polygenic risk score, including easily accessible rich sets of phenotypes, the potential for both internal and external validation, and the diversity of the electronic health record patient population. Nevertheless, dealing with the electronic health record data possess many challenges that should be thoroughly considered when implementing electronic health record-based polygenic risk scores, including phenotype extraction from clinical records, the complex population structures and retailedness that are common in electronic health record patient populations and the potential to overfit a polygenic risk score for a local population. In the United States, the adoption of the electronic health records has reached over 86% as of 2017, according to the Office of the National Coordination for Health Information Technology. However, electronic health risks that have linked patient genetic data are still in the minority. More electronic health risks with larger samples of linked genetic data needed to take full advantage of the clinical data in electronic health records. When using electronic health record data, patients' privacy should be paramount. However, challenges rise when using the sharing patients' genetic and clinical data within or across multiple electronic health records. In particular, disease risk prediction based on patient characteristics 
including polygenic risk scores, has the potential to be used against the patient and thus tight regulations needed to balance the advantage of advising healthcare using large-scale electronic health record data and potential concerns of privacy violations. More up-to-date regulatory measures are needed to match the pace of technological development. Genetics-linked electronic health record data can offer a unique opportunity to systematically evaluate the omnigenetic model across hundreds or thousands of phenotypes. In one study, increasing p-value threshold, ranging from 5 times 10 to the power of minus 8 to 1, were used to select SMPs and their corresponding PRS performances were compared. The most predictive PRS included from 5,158 SMPs for breast cancer to 6,893,37 SMPs for T2DM. The performance of a PRS could potentially reflect the degree of omnigenicity of a phenotype. Armed with the environmental variables recorded in electronic health records, polygenic risk scores can be used for gene and environment interaction studies, that is, a PRS and the environment. For example, it would be interesting to evaluate the predictability of polygenic risk scores under different environmental conditions, such as PRS in smoking versus non-smoking populations, although the interpretation of these studies would be challenging given the large number of SMPs including in the polygenic risk scores. Of note, although electronic health records contain more risk factors variables than GWAS, they are still limited in scope. Although some environmental data can be derived from patients' dresses, enabling the inclusion of census information, such as socio-economic status and environmental measures such as air pollution or the potentially informative day-to-day -day environmental exposures and lifestyle factors are yet to be included in electronic health records. More comprehensive validation for both the PRS methodology and results is needed before this approach can be implemented in the clinical setting for evaluating disease risk. Besides the current practice of validating polygenic risk scores and independent data sets, it's crucial to enlist clinicians to evaluate the PRS in healthcare settings, where considerably more information about patients is stored. Orthoclinician engagement also occurs in court studies. There are several important reasons to engage clinicians for the utilization of polygenic risk scores in electronic health record systems. First, clinicians will have first-hand knowledge of the patient's clinical history and can have important insights into the definition of phenotypes of interest. Second, they have insight into which data should be studied, as well as the limitations and quality control issues. Third, they can help to interpret and communicate results. Fourth, they can often suggest questions that are clinically relevant. Last, collaborating physicians can facilitate the implementation of a polygenic risk score-based risk model in the clinic for validation and routine use. It will also be important to determine the conditions under which PRSs do not give clinically relevant predictions or contracting a clinician's diagnosis and understand the reasons why. For example, ethnic disparities in GWAS data have limited the generalizability of PRSs in the overall population. Given the limited resources of electronic health record systems, they should be incentivized to include more ethnic minorities for genetic sequencing so that improvements 
of polygenic risk scores are not only quantitative in terms of sample sizes but also qualitative to improve risk prediction for the entire population. This will require concerted efforts between geneticists, methodologists and domain experts to successfully utilize polygenic risk scores for disease prevention and treatment. In a broad sense, the validity of a polygenic risk score, the added clinical value of a polygenic risk score and the ethical, legal and social issues of implementing a polygenic risk score in different populations or emerge to be rigorously evaluated. For a particular phenotype, the allocation of therapies based on PRS can be influenced by disease prevalence, the relative risk of the top percentile PRS group and the precision and efficacy of available therapeutics. Thus, the exact clinical utility of a polygenic risk score will vary from disease to disease. Notably, for cancers that have strong genetic susceptibility, the PRS has already been explored as a risk factor in European populations. For many traits for which PRS are being generated, clinical guidelines have already been published. Efforts are underway to evaluate how to integrate the polygenic risk score with these known clinical risk factors to build genomic risk assessments. Future work is needed to integrate genetic risk factors such as polygenic risk scores, risk factors from clinical data within electronic health records and risk factors from external sources to achieve a comprehensive assessment of disease risk. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this review.